You are listening to the sermon podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Church in Savannah. We are an Episcopal congregation in the Diocese of Georgia, and you can find out more about us by visiting www.stmichaelsavannah.com. So today we start the season of Advent, the four Sundays that lead us up to Christmas. Uh, I, you, you've noticed, I'm sure, that, that things are a little different in here this morning uh, than what we are used to see, be seeing on, on Sundays. Um, at, at the moment, we are a curious mix of blue and purple. You, you might have noticed the Advent wreath now has four blue candles instead of three purple and one. See, it's supposed to be rose, but the, it's supposed to be rose, but um, the, the church goods manufacturers can't seem to figure out what rose looks like, so they make it Pepto-Bismol pink, and then we think that it's supposed to be three purple and one pink. Um, so that tradition, the purple rose slash pink, uh, version of Advent is what's called the Gallican tradition. It comes from the continent of Europe. And it really is sort of a medieval development of, of looking at the season of Advent as a shorter version of the season of Lent. And if we have this great season of penitence before the one great feast of the year, Easter, then maybe we should have another season of penitence before the other great feast of the year, Christmas, And so uh, the church sought to sort of model Advent uh, as Lent, including that one Sunday in the middle where you would get a break. That's what the rose or pink Sunday is for. Um, at the same time that, that that tradition developed on the continent of Europe, uh, and in fact probably before then, there was another tradition that was developing in the church in, in that part of, of England that we would now call Salisbury, um, but used to be called Sarum, the Sarum tradition. And in the Sarum tradition, uh, we see Advent not as a smaller, lesser version of Lent, but as a season unto itself, where we're not focused quite as heavily on penitence and uh, fasting and all that as we are on expectation and preparation, on watching and waiting. And their choice of color for that season was blue. And we're really seeing in recent years a resurgence of the Sarum tradition in liturgical churches. And lots of churches now are moving from purple uh, to blue. We had um, some wonderfully generous parishioners want to give us new permanent liquid wax advent candles that won't melt down and make a mess of everything and they wanted them to be blue and i was quite happy to go along with them um, which is why we have uh, blue candles in, instead of the, the purple and the pink um, i really think that sense of advent as a time of expectation of watching and of waiting is far more helpful for us than trying to treat it as a little Lent, especially in the climate of our current culture. We don't do well with waiting. We're not good at sitting still and letting time pass. 
We want what we want, when we want, and when we want is right now. Um, like probably some of you, uh, we traveled this past week. Uh, we went to the great metropolis of Heihara, Georgia. Y'all know where Heihara is? It's about 12 miles north of Valdosta. The, the, this, this is the area where I grew up. I went to Heihara Junior High School, um, which is now Heihara Middle School. It was a block from the house where we spent Thanksgiving with my family. There is no real direct way to get from here to Heihara. You have to go somewhere else first, and involves a lot of back roads, backwoods, Georgia country roads. And uh, as we were winding our way through um, rural South Georgia, uh, this, this week, we saw lots of cars with Christmas trees strapped to their roof even before Thanksgiving Day. We're not good at waiting. We want it to be Christmas right now. But in the church, Advent gives us the chance to say, wait, it's not Christmas yet. We have this time before, this time for us to prepare. I think that's helpful for us to just stop and hold on to for a moment. Um, because when we look at the readings for today, uh, they give us sort of a different message. I don't know if you caught it, but there is sort of a theme of urgency that ran through the readings for today. And in lots of ways, that is the perfect picture of Advent, this tension between wait and you better get ready because something is about to happen. It is the already and the not yet that we proclaim again and again in Christianity. If you look at the reading from Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah comes and tells them that the mountain of the Lord is about to be established as the greatest mountain of all, and all the nations will stream to it. And when they come to it, God will gather them together and will teach them. And God will teach them God's ways, which will be so different than their ways um, that they won't know what to do. Isaiah tells us that God is about to do this new thing, to change their way of being. And if you look at the history of the people of God up until that point, it's filled with conflict. It's filled with war and battle. You know, they're fighting their way through the Holy Land, or they're constantly afraid that some other nation is going to sort of come and conquer them and take them, off, take them away. But in this new way of being that Isaiah predicts, Things will be so different that they will forget all about even how to have a war. They won't even know what the implements of war are for. And so they'll look at these swords and, and turn them into plowshares so that they can make something useful out of this thing that they don't need anymore because God is about to do something different. If that's too subtle for us, then we get to St. Paul in Romans, and he says, you know that now is the time to awaken. Now is the time, he said. And if even that is too subtle, uh, we get this uh, message from Jesus. That when the Son of Man comes, when God does this thing that God is about to do, it will be such a surprise. It will be unlike anything that 
that we've ever seen or known before. And he paints kind of a frightening picture. I don't want us to get too bogged down in, in the frightening details of the picture uh, as much as to understand that God is about to, in, in Jesus' words, change the world dramatically. In a way that we haven't seen really since the flood. Now, we hear that as the, the, the coming of the Messiah. And in Advent, we look for that as the, as the birth of the, of the Christ child. This new thing that God is about to do uh, that will change the world forever. But for us as Christians, we know that that's already happened. Jesus has already come. That... Uh, history-altering event has happened. So for us now, some 2,000 years later, what is this new thing that we're waiting for? What are we preparing for? What are we watching for? And I think as we strive to answer that question, it's helpful to remember that when God creates something new, he almost never creates it out of nothing. In fact, he hasn't really done that since the very beginning of time, since that first act of creation. Ever since then, when God creates something new, he makes it from something old. Behold, he says, I make all things new. Which means that when God goes to create something new, he looks for what already is. To see what he can make out of it through that process of resurrection and transformation. Which means if God's going to make something new now, guess what he's going to use? Us. So in Advent, in this season of preparation, we are looking to see... What will God do with us? What will God make of us? We don't know. Really, Jesus says, no one knows. Not the angels of heaven or not even the Son, but only the Father. But I have an idea. <clears throat> we are... Um, we are living in a time of just great national anxiety. We talked about this pretty good bit. Um, it should be pretty clear to all of us that after the election that, that we have just been through, things are about to change um, in one way or the other. And depending on who you talk to, things are about either to change for the better or for the worse. But I think we all realize that something different has happened to us. This, this election that we've been through is really not like, um, it's certainly not like anyone in my lifetime. And what we hear all around us are the voices of anxiety and of uncertainty, of anger, and of suspicion. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm as guilty of it as, as anyone else. 
But what I'd like to think in this season of Advent is that that is the raw material that God is going to work from. Our anxiety and our uncertainness, our, our, our uncertainty, our, our fear and our suspicion. And that God is going to take those things and transform them and us into something new. And I have a feeling that that new thing that God is going to create in us is actually a very old thing. In fact, maybe the oldest of things that he will make new. And that, of course, is love. That really is the solution to all of the things that we are anxious and uncertain and suspicious about. If we, the church, the body of Christ, uh, if we are to become something new, then love is what we are meant to become. To respond not with anger, not with fear, but with Christ-like love. And not just with the people that it's easy for us to love, but towards those people that we find it difficult even to like. To see them as God sees them. To see them as God sees us. To deal with them as God has chosen to deal with us. So that the hope becomes that there is no longer any we and them. That there is only <coughs> us. I believe that that is God's call to the church in this time of Advent. And as we watch and wait to see just what God will do with us. I think God also is watching and waiting to see what we will do with what he gives us. Amen. Amen.